Greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. It is I, your awesome, illustrious host, Akiharo, a.k.a. Brother Mustache, a.k.a. Panther Cage. And welcome back to the podcast, episode two of the Wrestling Multiverse, where we cover wrestling from all over WWE, TNA, CMLL, AAA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, we're covering a House of Glory, we're covering a PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, etc, etc, etc. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, SmackDown, its ups, its downs, its highs, its lows, um, you know, so uh, stay tuned for that. Remember, support the podcast, give a like, subscribe. Also, go and check out my Instagram channel, WWE underscore Akihara. So let's get right on into it. Alright, so let's roll right on into it. So SmackDown opened up tonight with the Queen, Charlotte Flair, coming on out doing what she normally does, strutting. Y'all see her, her her extravagantness, you know what I'm saying? So she's coming on down the ring. And we already knew right here, this was going right on out towards uh, Trish Stratus. And in case y'all didn't know, she's got a match, SummerSlam. Trish Stratus against the queen, Charlotte Flair. Which I'm putting my money on uh, Charlotte, but that doesn't mean they're not going to make Trish Stratus going over. Because obviously she's Trish Stratus here, of course, you know what I'm saying? So she comes on out there and she talks about how she saw her greatness and, you know, and it ate her alive because she was never as good as Charlotte and her generation and how Trish just, she she just wants that adulation again. She just wants to live one more match, basically trying to live vicariously through Charlotte, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know what, might be possible, you know, because now that Trish did everything that she wanted to do, you know, she's got the family, she went and got married and all of that stuff, and obviously Trish Stratus is still in good shape, so there's no reason for me to believe that even if she's like, I'm not even sure her age, maybe she's like 41, 42, somewhere along there, she's not that old, you know what I'm saying, there's no reason for me to believe that she still can't go in the ring, whether that be one more match, two more matches, whoever, however many matches, you know what I'm saying, that's up to her to decide, but that does not mean that she doesn't think, and it doesn't mean that she doesn't look like she can't go continuously, so we're going to see this Sunday if she's going to be able to, um, you know what I'm saying, go the distance with Charlotte, because we know Charlotte Flair is a freaking machine, she's built like a tank, the only other girl I know that's built like her is Bianca Belair. I'm saying so she can go she's got the stamina we know the girl can fight you know what I'm saying she uses that tall frame to her advantage the girl's like five foot eleven something like that you know what I'm saying at least 160 plus pounds so we know the girl is going to do what she's got to do here and Trish Stratus um there's probably quite a bit of ring rust the last time we saw her was in a tag team match and then the other time we saw her what was um what this week she wasn't really doing anything. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I imagine there's a quite a bit of ring rust in that situation. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, Tris comes on out. You know, she confronts her. She pretty much agrees to it. And it's just like, yeah, she uh, she misses the fans. You know what I mean? She misses performing. She misses being underneath the, the bright lights, the proverbial bright lights, as they say. And pretty much is just like, yeah, she's going to do this and she's going to... 
he's going to win in Toronto, which I have no reason to not believe that Trish is going to win in her hometown of Toronto. Because, I mean, come on, she's a freaking legend here. But I want Charlotte to win. That's all I'm saying, you know what I mean? So, then Trish slaps Charlotte. Yeah, that's how that segment ended. And uh, Charlotte just kind of laughed it on off and was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to kick your ass this Sunday. Ooh. Yeah, and that was that. So, what did I think of all of this? Look, I kind of liked it. I'll have to say this. I, I give it about a seven. Yeah. I like that I'm a fan of Charlotte. As I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of Trish Stratus, but I respect the girl. I respect what she has done. She she has uh, led the way for a lot of the women there, you know, so I'll, I'll give her the credit where the credit is due. But my homegirl Charlotte needs to win this, but she's not going to win this. So that'll be coming on the uh, my, my pay-per-view predictions, which should be up tomorrow i want to do it tonight but i just want to make sure that there's nothing else here so i'm going to give it some time and make sure that the card um is stable because i don't want to put out a uh, a predictions um you know one and then it comes and changes up the matches and everything because we know how wwe is the card is always subject to change and they're changing that darn thing so much so i'm going to need to be stable so I'll, perhaps i'll put one out either thursday or friday when i know the card for certain all right so ray scene backstage you know i love me some ray mysterio and what are they doing with this guy here you know what i'm saying and then we get like a nice little ziggler Miz recap that leads on out to the ziggler versus goldberg now i want to know am i the only person that is not digging this ziggler versus goldberg i mean ziggler is capable of doing a lot of things he's always been the show off he's good at the promo he's good at the wrestling you know what i'm saying he really is like a, a mr perfect Shawn michaels all, all rolled together into one package you know now but what do you do with the goldberg who's designed not for 10 minute endurance matches goldberg is designed for explosive and 90 second matches and that's it wham bam thank you officer you get in you get out bang bang boom boom bang bang that's what goldberg is designed for right so so what are we going to do with this match this sunday are you excited about it because i'm not that excited about it i mean we already know the outcome to this match right goldberg spear jackhammer one two three the match is over and ziggler with all of that talent is dropping again ziggler with all of that talent is going nowhere really freaking fast and that's crazy yeah mm-hmm. so we got a match coming up next and to our dismay and I said it just like that. To our dismay, Goldberg's music starts playing. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Here comes Goldberg, right? Then I'm thinking to myself, they ain't got that kind of money. Goldberg ain't coming out on no SmackDown. But it did fool the crowd. And I saw the reaction. The people looked shocked. And who was it? It was Zieglerberg. That's who it was. They had him, they knocked on the door, almost made it look like it was real. It was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. And who enough answered the door? It was Dolph Ziggler and his best Goldberg impression. Okay, it was kind of interesting. All right. 
So he made his way, comes out to Goldberg's music, and you have him versus uh, Rey Mysterio. And he attacked Rey Mysterio before the bell even, you know, rang. So they pretty much used Rey Mysterio as cannon fodder here. So one of the greatest, if not the greatest, luchadors, greatest high flyers, greatest cruiserweights, one of the greatest little men on the planet now is just being used as uh, enhancement talent, jobber, you know, um, and it's just, just it's a shame, you know, because Rey Mysterio could, could be out there having great matches with Buddy Murphy, yeah, he could be having great matches with Andrade Cien Almas. He could be having great matches with freaking Cedric Alexander. He could be having great matches with freaking Mustafa Ali for crying out loud. My goodness, just, just picture all of those people that I just mentioned. You, you imagine a Rey Mysterio Mustafa Ali match where they are like, okay, guys, check this out. I want y'all to go out there. We're going to give you guys 15, 20 minutes. Go tear the house down. Just just do whatever you're going to do. <sighs> but no. Ray getting jobbed out. And he got his ass whooped. And then speaking of. Mustafa Ali. Look at that. Look how we segue on into that. Yeah, I know. Mustafa Ali's music plays. Dolph Ziggler's in the ring. He's like, alright, let's do this. Let's do this. He's aching for a match. Mustafa comes out, they get a match going, nice back and forth for about, I'd say, four or five minutes, but the match would have been even better had it not have been predominantly in picture in picture, so I had to struggle to see what Mustafa Ali and Dolph Ziggler were doing, because apparently they thought that the ads were more important than the wrestling show, which happens to be about wrestling, exactly. So that picture-in-picture thing has got to go here. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times the PIP has ruined the freaking match. And they always go to it at such an opportune time. Why isn't anyone talking about this? This could have been a great match, and it actually was, if we could have seen most of it. That's right, the bulk of the match happened during the commercial. That's terrible. You know what I'm saying? That, that, it is, that is terrible. The match started in a picture-in-picture commercial. And Ziggler goes over with a freaking super kick. So he's beating people with Shawn Michaels' super kick, which isn't surprising because he's been using that for well over, what, almost two years now? He's been using Shawn Michaels' super kick and no one said anything. And now all of a sudden we want to talk about this now? All right. You know what I'm saying? Once again, Mustafa Ali versus Rey Mysterio. Mustafa Ali versus Rey Mysterio, and I'm going to say it again, Mustafa Ali versus Rey Mysterio could be a freaking, as Jared would say, that's a freaking barn burner right there, alright, alright, so now we got the, uh, the Roman Reigns recap with the whole Samoa Joe, you know what I'm saying, how they trying to run him over and whatnot, and how it started out with somebody trying to push some scaffolding or, or whatever that was, some kind of metal bars or scaffolding onto Roman Reigns, and then then the next week, the, uh, you know, they follow that up here with Samoa Joe and him out there arguing. And someone tries to run. Like, seriously, at this, this, this point, this is vehicular homicide right now. You, you, you're trying to commit murder here? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I have no idea what's going on here. But, you know, this is akin to the uh, Steve Austin, old school, Rikishi. I did it for The Rock. Also akin to the whole... Um, NXT where they did the uh, the Alistair Black 
situation where they had uh, Alistair, Nikki Cross, Johnny Gargano, and um, Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, that was a really that was a really damn good angle here. You know, a nice little uh, who done it, and of course, in typical uh, WWE main show manner, they 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 would rather just rush it right away instead of giving it time to breathe you know like like a, like a good food you know you, you want to cook it and let it simmer and, and then you know, let the flavor sit in and of course in wwe it's like you know what let's not give it time let's rush it right away and let's get to the conclusion because we're just going to assume that the fans don't have the attention span long enough to sit through something like that Whew. I'm telling you, please believe in us. Please have more faith in your fans. And I'm telling you, I think that's where uh, AEW is going to pick up a lot of steam right there. They're going to start going with uh, storylines that are actually long and developed. I'm pretty sure that's why people like Game of Thrones and all those kinds of shows. And I've never seen Game of Thrones a day in my life. But I hear a lot of people like it because the story keeps going. It's consistent. It doesn't just wrap up in one episode. And that's that. Yeah, so uh, once again, they trying to kill Roman Reigns. I'm trying to figure out why they trying to kill Roman Reigns and who is they. So perhaps we're going to find that out a little bit later on. So we got a Roman Reigns sit down with Kayla Braxton. You know what I'm saying? And that's just pretty much that. You know, the recap to everything that I said there, you know. And he just continues to look uh, befuddled and look confused as to why this is happening. And I'm just as befuddled and confused as to why it's happening as well. Yeah, so now we move on to uh, what are we doing here? We've got number one contender versus number one contender, Natalia versus Ember Moon. And as they continue to bury the precious Ember Moon, and we're like, why? In NXT, she was just killing it. She was wrecking it. She comes up to the main roster. Vince gets a hold of her, looks at her, and sees that she's not blonde and the stereotypical uh, um, bouncy around diva looking model. And then there goes all of her skills. Doesn't matter if she does a top rope stunner. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if she was in one of the greatest matches of all time with freaking uh, Oscar. Doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? We just won't use her. You know what I mean? Just throw her to the wayside. I'm telling you, it's a shame. I, I, I just don't even understand it. And it goes back to the, that whole nonsense with the freaking tag team champions being on Alexa Bliss and, and Nikki Cross. Like, what are they doing here with the freaking women? They talk about they want a women's revolution. And they got all these females down there that are not even being used. Heck, how many males do they have that are not being used? Sheesh, WWE's got, it just, it's very selective with what who it wants to use. And I'm not one of those people that likes to talk about, let's go back to the Attitude Era and the back to the Attitude Era. No, but the one thing that stood out to me about the Attitude Era was that everybody had a role and everybody was used. Nobody, not everybody couldn't be a champion and all that stuff. No, 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 no. But everyone had some kind of role and some kind of purpose. And I really wish that they would... Uh, they would go back to that like like utilizing everybody so it doesn't just seem like it's the same group of people being used over and over especially in the, the women's division you know we don't see uh the uh, a lot of these girls for a long time and then all of a sudden the kabuki warriors is on tv 
and you're like okay great i'm so glad the kabuki warriors are on tv and we haven't seen them in how long and underneath they got the girl's name io shirai and it's Kyrie saying and oscar and oscar's name is nowhere to be seen the backstage production crew doesn't even recognize who these people are you know what i'm saying like wow we got the iconics losing their belts when what did they even do with the belts in the first place we took them off from sasha banks and bailey only to do what with them this is a shame i want to see this women's revolution i followed the iconics down in nxt all of these girls i have been supportive of i followed nikki cross back when she started out with sanity down there i remember her awesome hardcore match against freaking oscar for the title in which she lost where oscar jumped off the top of a ladder and put that girl through the announce table and it was freaking amazing there that's the kind of matches that nikki cross was putting on down there in nxt they come up here and they do nothing and they're relegated to just barbie doll status and this is a shame here because i am a man and i want to see these girls utilized and it's not right why are they not being utilized i don't understand it that is just me we could do so much better and i know they want to do so much better because they have been in amazing matches same thing with lacy lane where is she at we don't even see her on tv no more exactly she's just going to the wayside and that girl can wrestle even if you didn't want to see her to be the champion right away, the girl still could wrestle. She had a great mouthpiece. She knew how to speak on the mic. She could cut a damn decent promo. Where's she at? It's gone. You know what I'm saying? Fine. You want to you throw the people down their throat and then you switch swap them and then you flip flop them around like we need some cohesion. That's what we need there. So somebody's got to take this women's division by the reins and utilize it. Because just think, we've got the women's tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And who knows the health status of Alexa Bliss. We've watched the, what's the 24 with her and she's got all kinds of problems and stuff. And we never know what's going on with her and don't judge her and this and that. And she's so sensitive. Fine. But is she going to be giving us the kind of spectacular, entertaining matches that we want? So why would you put it on her and Nikki Cross? What are they going to do? Are they going to then do the same thing the Iconics did where they just sit by the wayside? Is that what they're going to do? They're going to sit on the sidelines for four for a long time or are they just gonna find flim flammy ways to defend the belts or, or or get out of not defending the belts at all are they just gonna defend them against jobbers or whatnot i just want to see some quality matches that i know these women can produce i know they have it in them want wwe to allow them to not just do it in nxt they should be able to do it on the main roster as well that's all i'm saying they got it in them they got it in them huh so yeah that match with ember moon and natalia only went off for about a minute and 45 seconds before it ended on the outside because Natalia thought it was best to put a sharpshooter on Ember Moon on the outside and that caused a double disqualification. 
I guess that was done to protect both people right there. So neither number one contender loses any momentum other than the fact that Ember Moon loses um what, what, what do we call that on the inside there you know she, she loses that that inner fine design sure in the record books it says it's a double disqualification so no one uses momentum but ember moon had to get her ass whooped on the outside in the sharpshooter that they couldn't get off it had to take some who, who somebody came out I, it, it's escaped me who came out to uh help get the sharpshooter off oh i think it was bailey yeah bailey came out and uh, so see that like Ember Moon made to look bad and just just take the sharpshooter and she's just laying there. So now am I to believe that she's going to put up a, a, a challenge to Bailey at SummerSlam? You know what I'm saying? Like she's supposed to be the number one contender and doing a really good job of building up Natalia. So she seems like a credible threat. Do you feel like uh, Ember Moon is a credible threat to Bailey's title? No, I really don't. And that's a shame because Ember Moon deserves so much better. We all know that. That's all I'm saying. All right. So next we got the Kevin Owens show. And Kevin Owens comes out. And uh, how are y'all feeling about this um, Stone Cold Kevin Austin? Or Kevin Punk? <laughs> yeah. How do you all feel about that? You know, I'm... It's taken me some time. I know Kevin talked about in various interviews how he's wanted to uh, give the good guy role uh, a try. And, you know, each time that he's tried to, something has come up here. And how he's always been a bad guy and that's something he wants to do. And, I mean, I, I guess so far, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of growing on me. I think the only thing that would keep it going for me is just keep him away from Kofi because I think it was only what maybe two months ago that you know he was betraying the New Day and all of that other craziness was about two three months ago he was um yeah betraying the New Day and trying to kill Kofi Kingston and take his title from him so as long as they keep him away because Kofi should never have a reason to trust him ever again because they let him into the new day and he turned his back on him. So what he's supposed to just say, oops, my bad. And then they're just going to be like, let's throw around pancakes and all is forgiven. You know, so really, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. So just keep him away from the new day. And, um, you know, so far I'm, I'm OK with that. But he, uh, Kevin calls out Shane and, uh, you know, he talks about how he's going to pretty much destroy him this Sunday. Uh, uh, the, the the usual, you know, he's not going to lose and then he's going to do away with Shane's stupid face and all of that nonsense. Elias comes on out there and uh, I have no idea what's going on with Elias anymore. I, I mean, before I even get into what was going on here with, uh, with Elias before that attack and everything, before he got the damn stunner on top of the announce table and all of that stuff, Elias has so much potential i mean the, the each week i see he gets better on the guitar he's good at cutting the promo he's getting better in the ring and it's just to not utilize this man here i mean we've seen him for years i mean they could have given him the intercontinental title we could have had a nice ic run that intercontinental title run that he could have had going against uh, Seth Rollins. I forget the pay-per-view of which it was, but uh, he had a nice title run. I mean, excuse me, he had a title shot against uh, Seth Rollins as the Intercontinental Champion. And that would have been so freaking sweet had they have uh, put the strap on him then. And we 
you could have seen what Elias could have done as a champion because we know the guy is talented. I mean, look, he's got all the, what, what, what did I say? He's got all the tools in the toolbox to be the champion. And so what is the guy missing that, that is allowing him to not have some kind of major belt? And I'm not talking about some punk-ass 24-7 title run for a hot second or two. No, I'm talking about a real deal. Why can't he have a title run? You know what I'm saying? I feel like he deserves it. So, uh, yeah, he comes on out there, tries to attack uh, Kevin Owens from the back. You know what I'm saying? Kevin gets the upper hand and ultimately leads to a stunner on top of the table because, as we all know, doing any kind of finishing move on top of the table adds a thousand hit points to you and you automatically get hurt even more especially when you put a submission hold on top of the table it instantly makes it that much more painful that is wwe wrestling logic 101 and then he proceeded to get his ass whooped by shane mcmahon who came out of nowhere he beat him up then he toppled the announce table onto him Mm-hmm. He threw that big-ass announce table onto him. Well, I can't say threw it onto him. He pushed it over onto him. You know, that big-ass announce table onto him. Then he proceeded to uh, get a chair, and put the chair, and wedge his head in between the chair. And then he ran and drop-kicked his, uh, kicked the chair. So, yeah, he pretty much tried to take out Kevin Owens for good. And I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Shane McMahon has the potential to be a pretty good Vince McMahon. Obviously, this is his offspring here, you know. So he can do things that Vince McMahon back in the day. Sure, we've seen Vince McMahon win the Royal Rumble. Sure, we've seen Vince McMahon win the championship. You know, but Vince McMahon was terrible in the ring and whatnot. Shane McMahon, I'm not saying Shane McMahon is is great in, in that regard. But he is way better than Vince McMahon was back in his prime. And is able to do a lot more things that he couldn't do so we could I, I could see him as like a super heel boss and I would be totally fine with him being like a super heel boss I, I definitely don't don't have any an issue or there is no fault by any means with that so Shane McMahon has a character in which he can perform you know what I'm saying I just don't like to see him get all the extra TV time and if he's going to do all of that why we can't use that to elevate talent I mean come on you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, Buddy Murphy, which we haven't seen outside of uh, the SmackDown Town Hall meeting since uh, his draft on, what, April? And then up until now, so we've only seen that man on TV two times, and this is supposed to be the best-kept secret. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Buddy Murphy, I know, right? This is insanity here, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I tell you, but alas... There is some good news that comes from out of all of this. Is that Kevin Owens is really good at what he does. And we know this. Everyone out there knows this. So there is some good in all of this. Despite how we may feel about Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens is the shining beacon in here. And he is taking, uh, uh, as, as they say, lemons. And he's making lemonade out of it. So this Sunday when he goes against him. And I'm not even sure what kind of match it is. I think I, I don't I don't know if it's a hardcore match or what the stipulation is. But I am gonna put my money on Kevin Owens because obviously it did say if he loses, he, he quits for real, for real. Like, you know. So then obviously not gonna let Kevin Owens quit quit. So yes, 
Kevin Owens is going to go over Shane McMahon. And this is Shane McMahon who hasn't lost it. I mean, he's beaten Roman Reigns. He's beaten everybody. Shane McMahon has been on a killer winning streak here. So I'm going to say that that comes to an end so that uh, Kevin can keep his job. Yeah, there we go. So next we have Sami Zayn, the critic of the critic, a.k.a. Vince McMahon's direct mouthpiece. And if you haven't heard, Sami only does is pretty much say everything that WWE wants to say about the Smarks, the people with the podcast, the, the people who complain about the product too much and supposedly don't know the ass from the elbows, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So, Sammy, that's who he represents. And he's been calling out Alistair Black. He's He's been talking about how he's a sad person. He's been living in the dark closet, how he's hurt. He's in a lot of pain. And now he offered him a, a gift last week, beating him at SummerSlam. Since Black can't live up to the hype, Black hasn't commented. You know, he just hides in his dark room, so to speak. So, uh, Alistair Black, uh, he, he showed up, he came out of his casket, you know, he arose from the darkness, and out he came, giving us a SummerSlam match early, which meant that they had bigger plans for him other than Sami Zayn, which is sad, because Sami Zayn is freaking awesome, and they have not utilized him since he's come back from his, inter- his uh, injury, we've utilized him, uh, Kevin Owens just fine. Sami Zayn, we can't even do anything with this guy here, and he's so freaking talented, you know, so Alistair Black comes on out, and Alistair Black is another talent that they just don't even know what to do with, they got him hiding around in the closet, so one day he's gonna come on out of the closet and let the jokes begin with that, it's a shame here, because the Dutch Destroyer is amazing, he's got one of the best, um, out of nowhere kind of moves since the RKO, you know, the, the black mask spinning a heel kick, freaking Chuck Norris roundhouse kick you in the face here, you know, he's got one CNRK, and that damn thing is powerful, bro, you ain't kicking out of that, and they need to keep it protected just as they've been doing, but I want to see more with Alistair Black, so what are we going to do this Sunday, you know, he had a good match against uh, Sami Zayn, five minutes and 45 seconds, that bad boy went for in which uh, he damn near killed Sammy with the black mass. As he almost uh, took his face off, he maintains momentum as usual because he's had infinite momentum since he's showed up on the show. Even back with Ricochet when they were uh, losing, they weren't even losing by a pinfall. They were losing by fluky means, you know what I'm saying? So his momentum has never even left him. It's, it's just steadily building. We can't even find the thing, anything to do with this guy here, and that's a shame, you know? What do we do with Alistair Black? We're going to have him uh, fight against uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt. Fight against uh, t- um, the demon Finn Balor. What do we do with uh, this monster of Alistair Black? You know what I mean? He, who was designed for people like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. He comes up here and nobody can even measure up to his caliber. And that's a shame. And then we got Shelton Benjamin being interviewed by someone asking him, would you see yourself competing for the 24-7 title? 
Oh, dear, that's a shame. It's like I want to like the 24-7 title, but I would every time I see people, uh, excuse me, every time I see the title being shown, they're running around like it's a Benny Hill segment. You know, they're just, oh, they're just running, they're just running, they're just running. You know, so I'm like, do you want to be relegated to the 24-7 uh, dimension? You know, or is, is that is that where you want to go with your character? Because unless you're R-Truth or... Um, I guess Mike Kanellis now, or, or what's the other one? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on him. You know what I'm saying? Who's married to the uh, Drake Maverick? Because I keep wanting to say uh, Spud, Spud, Spud McKenzie, but it's not Drake Maverick, yes. So unless you're one of those guys, you know what I mean? You're just going to be just in an endless loop of just running around over and over and over. And who wants to do that? You know what I'm saying? Shelton Benjamin. So think about that before you're going to put yourself in career purgatory. So we got a Firefly Funhouse. Who doesn't like this new and improved Bray Wyatt? He's slimming on down. He's tightening up the hair. His promos is even better than normal, which his promos were already good. And they're even better. He's interested us with the Firefly Funhouse, you know, all of the different characters. Whambling Rabbit, the Wayland Buzzard, you know, the, uh, the, the what's the old hag, uh, Abigail, mm-hmm, the, the boss, McMahon. Yeah, so uh, he's doing his thing there, and he talks about how uh, Finn isn't afraid of anything, but his courage is just ignorance in disguise, and it's Finn's turn to hurt, because the Fiend is coming for him. Ooh, I'm like, okay, I like that. And that was that. And then we got Chad Gable backstage with, uh, with Elias, and Elias pretty much mocks him for being short. Yeah. Because it's 2019 and we're still making short jokes. We got this former Olympian. And you mean, look at the specimen of Chad Gable. He's an amazing athlete, you know. Chad Gable, Jason Jordan. I still remember the uh, American Alphas. That's right. I, I'm not going to forget those guys. Now, you could be doing something with him. But you relegated him to just short jokes. That's a shame. Really. Because this guy is amazing and can give us amazing quality matches. Yeah. So we got a Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton video package. I mean, that was nothing unusual. You know, if you're a wrestling fan and you've known about this, I remember that from that Madison Square Garden where they were going to seem like they were going to utilize him. So I've seen this for the longest. And I remember when Randy was like, stupid, stupid, stupid. You could hear that in the ring, how he was calling him out, talking about how he wasn't ready. And I have wondered, because we haven't seen Kofi on the show in, what, two weeks or so, I believe? We haven't seen him in, in a while. So, uh, I thought this was unusual here. This is our go-home uh, uh, episode, right? And we don't have the champion, nor do we have the challenger or anything like that. So, I thought that was a bit odd there. So, they skipped on past that. And you got uh, New Day versus uh, Daniel Bryan and, uh, and Rowan. And that was actually a pretty darn good match here, yeah, as would expect it. I mean, because it's Daniel Bryan and Rowan, and Rowan has always been good in tag teams, going all the way back to uh, the Wyatts, and then with the Bludgeon Brothers, going on right on up into now. So he's definitely improving, and they're utilizing him. He's not getting pinned and all of that good stuff. And we obviously know how good Daniel Bryan is, so we can sing the praises of D-Bryan until the cows come home here in New Day. Six-time champions have been doing fantastic, you know, 
other than them throwing around pancakes and all of that nonsense. Uh, I like the New Day, so I don't have any issues with that. You know what I'm saying? So that was a good back and forth match, you know, and I kind of wondered what was going to go on here. I was like, all right, so who needs to win this match more? How do we predict how this is going to go here? And, you know, and sure enough, it ended via a disqualification when Eric Rowan hit Woods with the steel steps or he put the steel steps up and and it looked like he just held the steps up and uh, Xavier Woods went to ring run the ropes and then he hit the steel steps you know coming into him and then that was a disqualification right there you know what I'm saying and I'm like ah yeah yeah so what are we even doing with D Bryan and uh and Rowan Daniel Bryan should be a champion you know what I'm saying even if, if not the SmackDown Tag Team Champion, he definitely should be some kind of champion of some sort. That guy is just too damn good to not be utilized. And Rowan is getting better and better. So what what are we doing with these two here? You know what I'm saying? So they're still in the ring. They're beating up on uh, the New Day, just, just having at him. You know what I'm saying? We cut to the backstage. You know, we got Roman. He goes into the locker room. And uh, he tells everybody to leave, but the best kept secret, Buddy Murphy, who makes his second appearance since being signed to TV and what, uh, since April, you know? And if he asks him if he's the one who tried to kill him, and Buddy denies the claims, and then he claims that he didn't do it, and then says that if he don't know who did it, and said that if he did know who did it, he wouldn't tell him who did it. To which case, the man from Pensacola, Roman Reigns proceeded to beat the nonsense out of him and throw him around like a human pinball. He bounced them all across that locker room and right onto the table. And in which Roman Reigns said he's going to proceed to kick his ass even further, in which he says something. Until which he says something. And that motherfucker said it was Rowan who did it. And Debra. I'm like, what? So it was Rowan, but in ND Bra who who did the thing. Who did the deed. That's what he said. Then it cut to uh Eric Rowan and then they cut to uh Daniel Bryan in the ring, looking all surprised and shocked as Roman Reigns is like, What? So these fools now supposedly Eric Rowan and uh Daniel Bryan did it. Now, do we know? that's who did it because i mean obviously buddy murphy could have lied and said that was the case so we don't know if that's the truth we got to hear the other side because it's possible that they did do it so you got what three sides to it it's possible that they did do it right then it's possible that they did not do it you know and then if they did do it then why did they do it you know what i'm saying was it daniel bryan who did it you know eric rowan was he acting alone i mean we, we've now got to get into this whole set of things like like why was this done and why would Eric Rowan or Daniel Bryan have an issue or, or need to take umbrance with Roman Reigns in the first place what has Roman Reigns done to to uh, Daniel Bryan or recently I, I guess we could say recently I mean you know what I'm saying but in the past I'm pretty sure they may have had an issue but as of recently what has Roman Reigns done to Daniel Bryan or Eric Rowan that would cause them to want to uh, try to kill the man because I mean alright so check this out here so they said it was Rowan at least Buddy Murphy said that right now Rowan is a good 6 foot 8 about 320 pounds or so so that's a legitimate big dude 
that's not faking that. that that's a big guy right there that car looked like it was a very tiny economy car that tried to smash into Roman Reigns when he was having that altercation outside with uh, Samoa Joe right I highly doubt Rowan was, could fit into that car to smash it up like that now if you want to say he pushed over the scaffolding now that's possible the, the one that initially started this whole investigation this whole whodunit Scooby Doo style now we could possibly say that was Eric Rowan maybe right but as far as who's driving the car was it that that big dude fitting there to drive that car like that I don't know but that's something to think about here so it could be Eric Rowan could be Daniel Bryan or it might not be either or because now we've got to take Buddy Murphy's uh, word at this you know what I'm saying we don't know what all of a sudden makes Buddy Murphy's word all of a sudden credible behind trying to murder a man on live TV because I mean whether we like it or not that is vehicular homicide but as I have said before Roman Reigns should be no stranger to that because I think it was just two years ago he tried to do that to uh, Braun Strowman in a semi truck he got in a semi he backed it up or, or was it a semi or an ambulance or something like that or I think it was a semi and backed it up into the ambulance so Roman Reigns is, is done a, a, a multitude of damage to people before so this is just karma for him you know what I'm saying that's all he should look at like that he shouldn't even be worried about it you know what I'm saying but once again is this the blood in the guts that uh, Vince McMahon was saying that they wouldn't be bringing in that a uh, certain competitor would be bringing as they're trying to murder somebody on live TV vehicular homicide tried to speed into a guy at over 40 miles an hour yeah so that's something to think about there as I leave you with this uh, Smackdown review Smackdown I tell you for a go home show a C perhaps a 6.5 out of the 10 it could have definitely been better but unlike Monday Night Raw at least a lot of the story was getting to the point. At least a lot of it was was moving things on there. You know, it would have been nice if we could have had more wrestling on the wrestling show here, but that's something that I'm gonna have to digress about because it seems like in this day and age, we don't want really want to focus on the actual wrestling. We have wrestlers, but that can actually wrestle, and that's the beautiful thing about it. The talent is amazing. I have nothing bad to say about the talent. The only thing that I have to say about is the scripting, the writing, or 
the lack of the storyline cohesion or the lack of the creativity but the matches when giving a chance are incredible the only sad thing is you'll have a five minute match here one minute match here two minute match here and disqualification there and that's the only thing that's terrible i mean i really wish kind of had the uh, the NXT flow the way the matches flow you have the promo there flow <coughs> and then it just flows so continuously and it flows so nicely NXT UK has that as well so I don't see why we could just apply that to a nice two hour format it would be totally easy to do aye, aye, aye. <coughs> but like I said but that time for, for today with this one here but definitely stay tuned because i'm gonna have an nxt uk and an nxt review followed by the uh, takeover predictions because there is a takeover coming up and i'll definitely have some SummerSlam predictions as well and then of course there will be a SummerSlam review and a SummerSlam excuse me and a takeover review so it'll definitely be four so these coming along the pipeline so that's right four or so if not five coming right on down the pipeline so definitely stay tuned to that brothers and sisters that ask brother akiharo here so going to support the podcast give me a like thumbs up all of that good stuff share it with your brothers your sisters your neighbors the cat down the road and you know what i'm talking about if i said the cat down the road yes 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 so be sure to share it with everybody you know go and support the instagram page wwe underscore akiharo a-k-i-h-a-r-h-o that is me the man the myth the legend brother mustache and i am here i'm there i'm everywhere wrestling is and you have just tuned into the wrestling multiverse where i cover wrestling from all over the universe no 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 wait the multiverse i'm brother akiharo and i am out of here ciao ciao